Episode 67, The Newlyweds Coronavirus Survival Guide. Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Welcome back, ladies. Wow, it's been quite a week. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope you are healthy. I've been hearing a lot from you, and I wanted to take another episode to really talk about now that we're going into higher levels of lockdown. Here in Israel, we've been already for almost a week in a pretty intense lockdown, other than like medication and grocery shopping. And, you know, I know that it's just sort of growing in all sorts of different countries, right? The the level of how strict the lockdown is, is getting stricter and stricter for a lot of people. So wherever you are in this process comes with new new situation, new challenges, um, new opportunities. So let's take some time to talk about it. Today, I'm going to start by speaking first about the thoughts, the overall approach that we're taking and sort of mental mind management about dealing with either being in lockdown or coronavirus on the whole or how this is affecting your marriage. Then I want to share just some hacks, right? Because that's always I always like to have a little 50-50 balance here, so we're going to do some of the thought work. We're going to get into some really technical hacks. If you've got some more to share with me, I would love to hear them. We can maybe share some more in the next episode. And then at the very end, for those of you who will be celebrating Pesach or Passover this year, and you are thinking about preparing for that, especially if you are in your first year or two of marriage, I'm going to speak about that at the end of the episode. I'm going to put that at the end of the episode so that you know anyone who that's not relevant for, you can just stop listening partway through and then you won't be able to see anything else. So the first piece that I want to start with is to just take a second, take a breath (laughs) and step back and ask yourself, what are you thinking about this whole thing? Right? Because what I'm finding for a lot of people is that they're not really articulating even what's going on in their head. They're just kind of dealing with some generalized anxiety or generalized stress or overwhelm or just this kind of sense of things being off. It's a lot harder, actually. It's a lot harder to deal with that sort of general feeling. But when we can hone in on the thought behind it, what's really causing that and actually get really specific about the emotion that it's generating. So we have a lot more that we can do, right? We're in a much more empowered place. And also we can even get to a point where we can look at the thought and see, okay, well, that might feel true in some ways, but it might not be true in other ways, right? We can deal with it. I talked about in a couple episodes ago, when we're in a thought, it's like we have jumped onto a train and we're traveling to a destination and we don't even notice, right? But sometimes we can sort of go back to the train station and notice that the thoughts are going by and that sometimes we're going to jump on some of them and sometimes we're going to choose not to. One way to notice if you need to stop and ask yourself, like, okay, just do a check-in, what's going on? By the way, if you haven't done baseline self-care, those episodes, I would definitely recommend going back and listening to baseline self-care. That's going to be really important during this whole situation that we're in right now. But the way that you would notice if you need to stop and just check in with your emotional and mental state would be 
especially if you're seeing any impulsive behaviors, compulsive behaviors. So like you've opened the refrigerator for the 10th time in the last hour and you're not really even hungry. That's all of us. Okay. So we all need to do it. You are checking your phone or you're checking the news obsessively, right? Like you, you, you're getting annoyed that there haven't been more articles coming out, you know, anything like that where you're just doing the same thing over and over. And it sort of feels like our brain thinks that it's going to solve something for us, that we're going to find a solution by doing that. But really what's happening is that it's keeping us distracted. It's keeping us in another place where we can't sort of get back to who we are and where we are and actually deal with the thing that is causing us to feel that we need that cookie or that news article to fix the problem, right? Meaning the problem might not actually be a problem. Let's go back and figure that out first. So let's just say that a person stops and they're like, okay, I'm just totally ate an entire sheet of Oreos and I'm going to stop and I think Oreos should sponsor my podcast since I always use them as the example, you know, and so I just had a whole box of Oreos and now I'm going to stop because that's not normal and why did I feel like I needed to do that? Okay, I'm feeling super, super anxious and then just noticing like, okay, I can tell that that's anxious. That's how my body feels when I'm anxious. Why? Because I think that this is very bad and I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Well, so, but then you could sort of look at that and you could be like, okay, well, it's very bad, but is there anything here that's good? Right? You just literally flip it. Okay. This is not like super advanced thought work. This is just the basics. Okay. Take the thought and then argue with it. Okay. It's bad, but is it also good? What's good about it? I know for me, not having carpool, pretty fabulous. I know most of you newlyweds aren't dealing with carpool, but you don't have it either. So you can celebrate that too. Um, You know, if the tone of your life has calmed down. It's really interesting because I think that a lot of the attention is going to the people who are feeling super overwhelmed, right? They're now homeschooling and working full-time and they don't know how to manage it all and how are they going to do all these things, right? And a lot of the newlyweds that I'm talking to, um, I do think that there still are some in that situation, but for the most part, it's like, wait, so I might not even be doing my job right now or my hours might have been cut back. I might have been laid off and you know, all the other things that I had that filled my time, like my fitness classes and my time with friends and all these other things that I was doing, now they're out of my schedule. And so now I'm actually just home all the time and I don't really know how to use that time productively. That We're acting as if that's not a question that needs to be solved the same way that the working mom's question needs to be solved, but they really are both very relevant and very important. That's why I really wanted to make sure to do this podcast because I feel like this discussion needs to happen also. If I'm sitting there and I'm thinking this is all very bad and we don't know what's going to happen, so then I can also stop and I can be like, okay, well, what's good? Now, I can't answer for you what's good. Your brain isn't going to like my answers. So you really do have to do this exercise yourself. But the type of thing that you might get is like, well, you know, we've been really busy and it's been hard for us to have even a date on a weekly basis and now we're spending lots more time together. Or I've really been not getting enough sleep lately and now I don't really have an excuse. I can get a lot more sleep than I'm used to. So again, just to make this super straightforward, I'm noticing the behavior, right, that shows that I have some kind of dysregulation going on with me. And then I'm questioning, okay, well, what actually is that emotion that I'm feeling? What is the thought behind that emotion? And then I'm just going to question it. Okay, well, how, how is that also not true? How is the opposite of that true? Some of you jumped very quickly to, well, I'm already kind of on shaky ground with my husband or he's already kind of driving me crazy and now I have to be with him all the time and I don't know if I can handle that, right? And that is normal. That is the way that our brains sometimes work. But we want to stop ourselves and realize that none of that's actually true. That's just kind of the story that we've landed on right? We tend to land on more negative stories. It's just the way that we function. That's normal. You're doing great being a human being, right? 
But how is the opposite true? Now, this could be a really fantastic opportunity for growth for you, right? When we are put into a situation where we are put through crisis or we are tried on a higher level than we're used to. So that is when we have an opportunity to step up and to shine and to connect in a deeper way and to see the other person performing in a way that you're not used to. So you see a whole new side to him and you can get really curious about him. And that is a really, really cool place to be in in your marriage. You know, one of the things that's happened is that we have been shut down from all the externals, right? Now, there's only so many pictures of you and your husband on your couch (laughs) that you're going to post on Instagram before it's just getting boring, right? When we're not like traveling to exciting places or wanting to look great or, you know, whatever other external things were making us feel good about our identity, that's all gone. It's just, it's just all about going in right now and focusing on ourselves and focusing on our deepest relationships, The way that I like to think about it is that we're in the major leagues now, right? So I don't know anything about baseball except that I like it. And but I imagine that, you know, let's just make up this story and go with it, okay? Because it works for the marriage part. So let's say we take this minor league player, right? And he's been drilling his whole life and practicing his whole life. And he's been going to the gym and he's been doing his whatever he needs to do, right? Working with his coaches. And now he gets drafted to, to the major leagues, right? Now, all of those tools that he's been working on, which, yeah, he's obviously done well enough to be able to get drafted, but he's never really had a chance to shine. Well, now that he's in the big leagues, you're really going to see it, right? It's just going to come out. And I feel like that's kind of the way that I'm trying to frame this whole experience for myself is like, in terms of my parenting, in terms of my self-awareness, in terms of my marriage, this is the major leagues, right? This is not normal. This is not normal operating life. And that's amazing because this is where we have a chance to take all that stuff we've been working on. Those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while now, all those tools you've been working on and really put them into play. And I've been hearing some wins from you, which are super, super inspiring. So we're stopping, we're asking ourselves, what am I feeling? Where is this all coming from? And it's so important to articulate that, right? Is it coming from the economy? It doesn't have to be about the marriage, right? The economy or the marriage or the space or whatever And if you're feeling overwhelmed, you always want to just get yourself that pen and paper so you can get it out of your head onto the paper and you can actually look at it, right? Okay, so now we're going to dive into some hacks. So these are just some very simple, basic things that I want to remind you of, give you a chance to like really make a decision about what you're going to do about this, because these are some things that could be very helpful for you for just keeping mental health during the situation. Number one would be news restriction. There is a ton of information coming out that is the nature of all news outlets, right? Whether you're watching on TV or you're getting it on your phone, their goal is to keep you hooked, right? Their goal is to get you to be spending as much time there as possible. And so just knowing the nature of the beast means that we can make an educated decision about how we're going to deal with it. For some people, just having a window of time where they check. For some people, I know for myself, sometimes some days I'll just say, I don't even want to check. So I'll ask my husband, just let me know if there's anything I need to know. You might take a day and decide today, I don't have any restriction. And then notice how that works for you. Notice what was working, what wasn't working. How did you feel from it? Making a conscious decision ahead of time. What am I going to do tomorrow about the news? How often am I going to check? Where am I going to keep my computer? What can I do to sort of create a little bit of a barrier between me and the constant inundation of information coming in that, again, my brain is going to go on a very low level and think that this is very important. This is for survival. But really, we don't need every single piece of information, right? And it's not so helpful. So in 
addition to that, we would talk about technology and social media restriction, right? Just existing in the real world, in the physical world, reading a book versus going and watching a TV show, a physical book, right? Anytime that we can do something that is physical and in the real world is going to help us to just stay grounded and again, to not get sucked into some of those online traps that grab our attention. When it comes to communication, right, it's really important for us to be prioritizing any kind of social interaction that can be positive. So I spoke about this a couple podcast episodes ago when we talked about your husband's phone. I think that was the name of the episode. There was some really interesting research about kind of a hierarchy of positive social interactions based on the format. So the best thing is going to be a phone call or a video call, right, where it's live, it's a one-to-one communication. That's obviously going to be the best thing that we have right now, unless you want to shout from your balcony to your neighbor. Okay. After that, private messages, meaning I'm sending a message to you, not to an entire group, right? And it doesn't really matter if it's a text message or a WhatsApp message or Facebook, whatever, but sending a private direct message to someone and actually, interestingly, using emojis is actually better than straight text because as we know, sometimes the nuances can get lost, which is actually why, sorry, I skipped this one a voice message is even better than a text message. Okay, so we're going to go phone or video call. Below that is a voice memo or a voice message. Underneath that is going to be a text message with emojis, then a text message without emojis, right? Then just notice the groups that you're in. Do an audit if you need to. Dump some of the groups that are just stressing you out. Even if there's just one person in the group who is just being cranky and driving everyone nuts, that might be reason enough. (laughs) If you're walking away from the group and you're thinking about it later and you're feeling annoyed, there's no reason you have to be in that group, right? So leaving the groups that are driving you nuts and then for sure news articles are not even in the realm of social conversation, but the things that we stumble on when we're on places like Facebook, right, which are a social platform, but then you end up in these news articles. So just realize that that is not actually connecting you to people, right? That's just you and your information and your brain. So we want to get as much as possible, as close to that real world interaction as possible. By the way, setting up Zoom coffee dates or, you know, Skype or Google video hangout coffee dates with people is super fun. I highly recommend it. I've done it before. The next hack I learned when I was learning to sleep train my children, but I've been using it on us adults (laughs) since I learned the information, which is that if you get outside into the sunshine as early as possible in the day, it really helps with the circadian rhythm. So even at the very least, if you live somewhere that's very cold and you don't want to go outside, sit by an open window, but just get some of that sunshine, some of that vitamin D as early in the day as possible. And, you know, keep the standard low. Don't expect yourself to go for a mile-long walk every day if you never really go for walks, right? Sit by the window if that's you. Or maybe you're willing to sit on your front porch, right? Do something that is manageable, but just keeping in mind, even if you're only going outside for two and a half minutes, right, early in the day, just that little bit of sun exposure early on will really help you to stay on a sort of natural, healthy sleep schedule, which can be really hard, especially if you aren't working a normal set schedule and the, you know, the, the daily life is starting to turn a little bit into mush. One of my favorite quotes is I read in a book about Denmark, which is there is no bad weather, only bad clothing. And so, so you know, even the other day when it was raining, I had my kids put on their rain jackets and their rain boots and we just sent them all outside. So even if it's a little chilly or if it's a little rainy, it is possible to get outside and get some of that sunshine. The next thing is to just 
think about what opportunities exist from having a little bit more time on your hands and specifically being stuck in the house, right? When there's jobs that you have to do in the house and out of the house, and they're both competing equally, so the jobs that are in the house often don't get done. So what are the things you've been wanting to get done? It could be that you have a closet you want to organize. It could be you want to go through and purge a lot of clothing that you don't like anymore or go through your books or you have certain books you've never gotten around to reading. I used to have a lot of art supplies before we moved um, to another continent and I would have like random paints around and one night I just set up like a like dip and dab, like a type of, you know, those DIY um, paint dates that you would go and you would get the canvas and you would paint something and someone would leave it and it was like a cute little date thing. So we just did it in the dining room. I would definitely recommend, by the way, getting like a YouTube video <laughs> telling you how to do a painting because ours just turned out terrible because I thought we could just figure it out ourselves. That, that can be fun to do. It doesn't have to turn out good. It could just be a nice bonding experience that is live and in person and not, you know, with a screen. Um, if you have a puzzle, this is the time for a puzzle. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, look into all these little nooks and crannies of your house or your apartment or your very teeny tiny apartment. And just what are the things that could get done and let it be something kind of fun for you. Ask him on a date. I love this one, especially if your husband is using a lot of, you know, he's on his phone all the time or he's watching a lot of TV or he's playing video games or whatever it is. And you feel like you're not spending time connecting. So send him a text message, ask him if he would go on a date with you at seven o'clock that night, go get dressed up, put on some makeup, whatever you would normally do, right? Put a tablecloth down if you have one, do something fun, order in pizza. It doesn't have to be fancy, but ask him on a date in your own dining room or your own kitchen table, whatever. Um, I love that idea. It's a great way to express the desire to be connecting with him versus a criticism that you're not getting the connection that you need. If he's open to it, tech-free time, you know, setting specific times or specific zones in the house where you don't bring your phone, this is a great time to have that conversation. With that said, the next thing which is really relevant to this one is expect less and cut slack. It could be that in general you do want to work on the tech. This might not be the best time to do it. And it's totally fine if right now he just needs a little bit more time on his phone. He might be feeling some anxiety. That might just be the way that he's dealing with it. It's always a good idea to cut him slack, but now for sure more than ever, focus more as always on the way you want to be showing up as a person, as a wife. And one thing that I see that sometimes couples get sort of stuck with is that when you're going through the same thing, it sometimes feels like you should be having the same level of difficulty or having the same emotional responses, right? You're both experiencing some kind of lockdown and coronavirus. But the truth is that his whole self-image and life experience and physical constitution and everything that he brings to the table as an individual and everything you bring to the table as an individual mean that you're going to be coming into this experience and experiencing the exact same thing in two very different ways. So instead of judging that, you can get really curious, right? There's a window into who he is as a person. There's so much to learn there. So I definitely recommend sort of getting curious about that and leaving him space for however he's going to be dealing with this. Totally cool. I just like to think like, I got you. You need to be cranky today. You need to have a hard day. Got it. I'm here for you. I, like, I, I, I can handle that, right? It's a much more empowering place to be than like, how could he do that? How could he be so mean, right? Like it just that just gets you feeling stuck and like he has to change and you can't be happy. But like there will be times where my husband's having a really hard day and I'm like, I got it. I know exactly what to do. I'm staying out of your way. I'm going to make sure you've got enough food to eat, right? And I just feel like super, it's fun. It's empowering. It's like I'm totally fine with it. 
And um, so take that. <laughs> take that if you need it. Okay, so finally, I just wanted to share a couple of small ideas about Pesach or Passover if you're celebrating. Um, if you're not and you're, you know, just interested, you're welcome to keep listening, of course. But I hope that you found a lot of value from this podcast and please reach out if you have any further questions. Kayla at firstyoumarried.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. For most people, what they're hearing right now is that you can cut everything down to the bare minimum, right? Um, and that you should be speaking to your rabbi. You should find out what is the bare minimum for you in terms of Pesach cleaning and what is the halacha and what is the bare minimum that you need to be doing to be following all the rules. Now, for some of you, and you guys are going to have to be super honest with yourself about which category you fall into, right? Because if your work amount or your stress amount has gone through the roof, this is not you. But if you're in the group of people that are like, we are so bored, we don't know, even know what to do with ourselves, like how do we maximize this time? Those are more the people I'm talking to here, okay? So in that case, if you do have time and you kind of need some kind of project to work on together, so getting into the Pesach cleaning as a couple, getting into maybe even adding, God forbid I say it, a little spring cleaning or a little decoration or a little bit of fun. There's not so much you can do right now because you can't really go shopping. But leaving it looking a little bit fresher and a little bit nicer than it was before. Of course, this is only if you actually think you're going to be able to get to the bare minimum and if you're not super already tearing out your hair and stressed out. But one of the best pieces of advice I got as a newlywed was that if you are having trouble getting excited about cleaning for Passover, that sometimes when you do add in a little bit of that freshening up, then it's actually a little bit more fun and it can be uh, nice to after the fact to look back and you can actually see the effect of your work, right? Because you can't just see that there are no Cheerios in the bookshelf. But if the books are organized now, so you can see it and you can take some enjoyment out of that. So, you know, if you do feel like you have time for that, I would definitely, even if you want to just start with like literally just the bookshelf, right? Just one thing to say, this is the one area that I'm not going to just clean for Passover, but I'm going to actually make it look really nice. I'm going to get around to this thing that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And if you can do it together and play some music or listen to something or put on a show or listen to this podcast, whatever you want to put on together, or guess what? You could also just obviously talk to each other while you're doing that. So it can make this whole process a little bit more fun. And, you know, this is a very unusual situation that a lot of you actually really have more time on your hands to get ready for Passover than you would otherwise. Okay. For the actual Seder itself, the actual Passover meal itself. So we've got the food to talk about and we've got the Torah to talk about. Okay. So let's start with the food. I personally find that actually making sure that I've created the Seder plate is more complicated to me than serving a meal of food. So as I mentioned in a recent podcast, whatever thing is more stressful, deal with that first, get that one off your plate, right? If that's the thing that's going to be making you worried that, oh, I don't know if that's ever going to get taken care of. If you actually think like you're really concerned it might not get taken care of, that's what you say to your husband. I know I have to make sure that this there's a Seder plate and I'm just really worried about it. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to have time. I don't know if I'm going to remember everything. What do I do? What do you think? Ask him. Let him be your partner. Let him come and help you, right? He you need to sort of leave some space for him to be needed for him to rise to the occasion, right? That's true for all human beings. But we, for some reason, don't like to do that for our husbands. We like to be so completely self-sufficient that like there's really nothing for him to do. And then we're like, how come he never helps, right? So whatever the piece is that you're feeling stressed out about, like you can let him know and you can ask if there's something he can think of that could be helpful. Um, 
In terms of the meal itself, I have always, always, always wanted to do a chicken soup, chicken soup seder where the only thing served at the meal was literally just chicken soup and then like, I don't know, chocolate. But I've never been able to do that because we always host a lot of people. And so this year, this is my year, guys, <laughs> chicken soup. Can't take a picture for you because it'll be Pesach, but you'll know what I'm eating. I'm so excited. I hope when my husband edits this, he's not too disappointed. When it comes to actual Torah spoken at the table, so for some people, they get really stressed out about making sure that they've got the right thing to say. But you know what? Again, there are no guests. Just like I don't have to surprise anyone or awe anyone with my food, which technically I never have to do. Um, you know, you also don't have to be – your husband or you, whoever is giving over the Torah, does not need to be, you know, knocking off anyone's socks with their Torah. So one cute idea that I came up with was to just go online and each of you can print up, but don't even like really read through it. A couple – Divrei Torah, a couple Torah thoughts from a website that you like, h.com or if there's like whatever, his yeshiva has something or just print up a couple of things that you think that are good chance you're going to like it. Stick them in some envelopes, put them away you know, with the, with the Seder plate and don't even read them until you're at the table together. Then you'll have something that's brand new that's coming to the table. You guys can read it together, enjoy it together, discuss it. It'll be just something for you to enjoy at the table. And it's super low stress, right? Nothing has to be prepared because by design, this isn't supposed to be memorized and given over. It's supposed to be, you know, brand new to both of you. And the main thing for this, and again, you're going to get so much inspiration from so many places, so I'm only just trying to give specific to, you know, the newlyweds and the people that I've been speaking to, is really don't worry about getting it right. You know, obviously we have the areas that are considered halacha, Jewish law, and you need to know what those are, and you need to speak to your rabbi. But when it comes to like, how should the Seder look, and how fast should we be doing this, and what should this be you know, how should this, should we be stopping here to say Torah? And should we be saying this in English or in Hebrew? All of the things of like, what's it supposed to look like? Guess what? No one's getting it right this year. <laughs> no one knows what they're doing this year. No one knows if they can get their groceries in the same place that they normally do. I mean, everything is flying. Everyone is having a very, very strange Pesach. This is a great year for you guys to just experiment, to learn, to see what you like, to see what you don't, to see what he throws out that you're going to be like, whoa, had no idea that that was an option, but cool. Okay, that can happen too, right? Just know we're all in the same boat. There is no, there's no police. There's no one checking to see if you're doing a good job. Just enjoy yourselves. Enjoy this opportunity to you guys have this goal that you're working towards. It's a great time. Honestly, even though I know that for a lot of you, your plans have changed. You weren't planning on making Pesach, but you have this goal that you guys are going to work on together for the next couple weeks. And that is pretty awesome for some newlyweds and you know, all those family dynamics. Hey, you don't have to worry about any of them. So again, I'm here for you. If you have any questions, if you have any feedback or whatever, you want to discuss this further, send me an email, Kayla at firstyearmarried.com. I always love to hear from you. I hope you have an amazing week. Everyone stay healthy, stay well, and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.